let's pray and let's jump into the teaching today. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. There is no one like you. You are the only God who saves, delivers, and sets free. You are the only God who would give your son so that all of your children could be restored back to you. You are the only God who would pour your spirit into us and allow us to be able to commune with you day by day, moment by moment. And you have left us your word. You have left us your spirit. You have given us the power to overcome. And so we are positioning ourselves today saying we want your guidance. We want your instruction. If you show us that we're off, we'll get back in line. Mm. If you show us we need to go faster, we'll go faster. If you tell us to slow down, we'll slow down. If you tell us to stop, we'll stop. If you tell us to go, we'll go. We are committed to following you because you are life. And without you, there is no life. Now, you said that anytime we see here and understand that we shall be converted and we shall be healed. So we declare that this is another day of conversion for us. This is another day of healing for us. This is another day that we grow and become and we give you praise for it in advance. Now, if you're expecting God to speak to you through this message today, to speak to you by his spirit and to bring you into another level of ease and another level of victory, then I need you to take 13 seconds and just praise him. I need you to just exalt him and lift him up, put him in the right place, Forget about what went wrong. Right. Forget about who else that your husband mad this morning that the dog um, used the bathroom on the floor. Man, focus on what God is saying to you this morning because he has the words of life that will cause us to live in victory. Amen. Amen. And so part of what we uh, intend to do uh, on a daily basis is to find ways that better allow ourselves to be guided by God. That's good. If indeed... Uh, being led by God leads us to the promised land as it did the children of Israel, then we too want God to lead us to our promised land, mm -hmm. the place that he has destined and preordained for us. And so last week we started talking about how do we walk with God mm -hmm. and, and, and how do we get God's guidance? Uh, and it's so interesting because this last week, uh, I've probably, I don't know, I've gotten so many messages from people who said they've heard different prophets or different apostles or different people who have, in essence, said the same thing that God said to us. And I was like, the, and I always think that's kind of funny because I'm like, well, the truth of it is, is that what God says, he says. Now, the, 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 the semantics of the words may be different and filtered through our own um, lens and who he's talking to about different collective bodies in the entire body. But what God said is true. And that is that there needs to be a reformation in his church. Mm -hmm. That there needs to be a redoing and a change that his church needs to come out of the social gathering uh, aspect of, 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 of a collective and become a place where his power is demonstrated. We need to become the kingdom. We need to become a demonstration of the kingdom in the earth. Um, and, 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 and if we don't do that, uh, or if we do that, there is a reckoning, <laughs> there is a, there's a, there's a, there's, there's a, there's a, a, a recalibration is going to happen for those who choose to obey God and for those who have it. And I said this, and I heard, um, prophet Lovey and a couple of other people who are well-respected say this, God has been speaking to people all throughout this last year or two. And he's really been calling them to this place of, of righteousness and right, and right living. Right, right? living. And, and people have just ignored and they've gone about their own ways. 
and and this reckoning that's going to happen is going to shake a lot of people. And even the people it doesn't happen to, it's going to be so dramatic that it's going to have the ability to cause them some concern. But God is saying, listen, you never have reason to concern, no matter what's going on around you, if you allow me to lead you, if you allow me to walk with you. And so as a result of that, then we know then that last R is, the, is that repayment, uh, it, recompense. There's a recompense, a repayment for obeying God in the same way that there's a recompense or a repayment for disobeying God. And so we want to begin to talk about how do we then walk with God? And we started this by saying, here's how you walk with God. Let's take a look at the guiding word that he gave us for 2023. And so we just took a snippet of that last week, and we'll look at it again today, because here's what it says. It says, hold on to what you've heard this past year and be prepared for what is to come. It says, I have already opened up gates and released supernatural power for you. Believe my words and watch as great ease shall come over you as you trust in me. And that's that conjunction. Let me walk with you. It says, when we partner together, all of those things that have held you in bondage will be destroyed. And he says, literally, if you begin to walk with me, the thing that I've been calling you out of that you didn't seem like you could escape from, just your decision to walk with me will begin to release the change and the bondage that's been holding you. You know, it's so good. I've read this, you know, multiple times, at least probably a couple of times every day. And it says, hold on to what you've heard this past year and be prepared. He says, I, this is probably one of my favorite lines in it. I have already opened up gates yes. and supernatural power for you, mm -hmm. right? He says, it's already done. So you struggle with whatever you struggle with. You, you got money issues. You got relationship issues. You got self issues. He says, I have already released supernatural power. Mm -hmm. And then he begins to tell us how we get access to this supernatural power. Believe. Believe my words. Believe. You have to believe. Hear this, guys. Put this in the comments. There is no biblical believing without action. Yes. There is no biblical believing without action, right? He says, if you believe my words, you do what I'm telling you mm -hmm. to do, there's going to be a great ease that's going to come over you yes. as you trust in me. Who does ease belong to? The person who trusts in him that's good. and lets God walk with them. Somebody will type in the comment section, say, ease belongs to me. It's 70, it's 70 of you here. You ought to say ease belongs to me. You know, I, it's, it's funny, and I, and I don't want you to lose your point, but it's funny because people were asking me about, you know, how are you enjoying retirement, da, 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 you know, all those kind of things. And really, that's how the, the ease that I feel daily is how we ought to live every day. And whether you work or not work, because when you do what God's called you to do the way he called you to do it, there is this sense of toil that just leaves your life and ease comes over you. Ease belongs to the one who believes. And I'm so happy that you have that ease because I've said to you for years, that's the ease I have doing mm -hmm. the work that I do. Mm -hmm. There is an ease. So because God always created us to be productive, he never created us to toil. But I really, when I, I land, listen, you know how like sometimes when we have a guiding word, there's like this one part you keep coming back to. Mm -hmm. I'm really stuck in this first paragraph right here, because to me, this, fir this first paragraph is the formula for victory. Mm. 
He says, I have prepared everything you need. Mm -hmm. Whatever supernatural power you believe, I have already prepared. Mm -hmm. This is how you're going to get it. You got to believe. If you believe, which means obey, you are going to have a great ease. And there is going to, that's going to come over you as you trust in me and walk with me. And when we partner together, when we partner when together, we partner together yes. the Bible says this, how can two walk together except, unless they, except they agree? So that's why it's so important when he says, believe my words. He says, my word's been established. He said, in fact, heaven and, and, and hell and everything in between it, 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 it rests on my word. In fact, the scripture says what? Heaven and hell will do what? Pass, pass away, away, but not but one, not one or tittle. Nothing of his word is going to pass away. He says, so I need you to believe in my word because that's the only way we partner. We don't partner because I come to your side. The only way we partner is that you believe this word. I need somebody to put this in the comments. God is never coming to your side. He's never. God is. Ne and I think it's important for people to hear this. God is the same age to age. He never. He is the Lord God that never changes. He is never going to move from his position. And he says, but when we partner together, because mm -hmm. this is so good to me, all those things, all, all those things, all. the Bible would say like this, whatsoever, whatsoever, whatsoever things. has held you in bondage will be, will be destroyed. Will be. You know what I really, as you are walking with him, you know what I really love about this? He doesn't say I have to destroy them. Mm -mm. He says, if you believe me and you partner with me, and you walk with me while you are believing me, walking with me and partnering with me. I will destroy I'm whatever I am destroying those things. People spend you don't so have much time trying to fight. I remember years ago, God said to me, he said, obedience is perfect offense and defense. Mm -hmm. He said to me, he says, if you will learn to abide with me. A lot of warfare other believers do is unnecessary because Psalms 91 says there is a place in him where he fights all of the enemies, where it's my obedience, my partnership, my intimacy with him. Right. And it reminds me of whenever we are out walking and we walk a lot in the summer. Right. Whenever we are out, when I'm walking by myself, I have to be on guard for dogs a different way. Mm -hmm. When I am walking with you, I just be looking around and laughing and talking because I know that if you, if I'm with you, I never have to be my own defense towards a dog that would run yeah, toward me. Yeah. If you will learn how to walk with God and fellowship with God, a lot of this stuff that you spend your time trying to fight, you will look up and while you were hanging with him, he's already dealt with it. We have an example of this that we see and love to tell the story about. It's the story of Jehoshaphat. If you think about it, that's everything we're reading here is what the Lord told Jehoshaphat. And when Jehoshaphat went and prayed, what he was doing was lining himself to what God had said. That's right. He was he was getting his, his soul aligned to what God had said. And then when he did that, he came back and he said, okay, what do we need to do? He said, I'm now partnering with you. I've now aligned with you. I believe everything that you said is going to happen is going to happen. What's my next move? And what did God say to him? He said, oh, by the way, you have no need to fight in this battle. He, he said, this one is not yours. It belongs to me. When we walk with God, we have no need to fight certain battles because God says, no, no, no. When you walk with me, 
I destroy those things. No, I destroy I'll those things. I'll take care of that. And you know, I love the story of Jehoshaphat because in the natural, in 1 Corinthians, it says that God intentionally chooses the foolish things mm -hmm. to confound the wise. It has got to be one of the dumbest strategies ever in the natural that you got enemies coming against you mm. and you send the praise team first. When you have warriors. No, you got you soldiers. Have fighting, you, you have you, fighting tribes. You, you got folks who know how to fight. Yes. This is for all of you who like, I know how to fight. I know how to throw hands. Literally, he says to a group of warriors, oh yeah, you're not the first line yeah, of defense. Stand down. You stand down and you send the praise first. And they had to have the wherewithal to not be like, yo, Jehoshaphat, you're going to get the, the you're going to get Judah killed. We can't let Judah go. They had to partner with God. They had to partner with God. Which means you God. do it God's way, even when it doesn't make sense to your nation. Even when it doesn't make sense. And the Bible says that if they went in to war praying, praising, and you know what I think about from the enemy's perspective, the, the, the people who were lined up to fight them must have thought this about to be an easy battle. Oh, yeah. They must have thought they look so dumb out here praising when we come into war. But the Bible says that God himself got involved mm -hmm. and he began to scatter their mm -hmm. enemies for them. I am telling you that in your partnership with God, there are enemies that will be scattered that you never even knew were coming against mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. they, the Bible says they'll come from you one way, but they'll flee from you seven ways. That is, that's what I read when I read this, that, that this first paragraph that God is saying, if you will come and hang out with me, something may come against you one way, but baby, it's going to run up off of you seven ways. Yep. It's going to be in utter confusion if you will just do what I tell you to do. But this is what I think happens sometimes. And that's why I love what you said. It, it, to me, this guiding word God gave you is so good, right? Because there's one part of it where it basically tells us, don't be distracted by what we see. Mm -hmm. and, and it's like, if God will give us an instruction, right? And we'll get distracted by the chaos in the message Bible. It causes sideshow distractions. Mm -hmm. And so instead of staying in just partnering with God, we will run over and try to get, we, we're going to fix it. The only way we fix anything in the kingdom is obedience. Yeah, yeah. You have we, to have vision. Your vision, and when, I, when I say vision, I don't mean just vision in that you need to have an idea of where your life is going. Your vision should be singular focus in the sense that my vision is focused on what God said. Now, when you understand it that way, it makes so much sense when he says where there is no vision, the, the people, people perish. perish. I perish. for I, 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 am, I am defeated. Uh, when I don't have a vision to follow after the things that God has said, whatever God has said to me, that becomes my vision. Whatever, whatever God, whatever direction God is telling me, that's the direction I go in. Yes. Because that's how that's that's, that's what my faith. singular focus becomes. And when I become singular focused, then there are there are no sideshow distractions for me. There is no chaos in my life because it doesn't matter what's happening on my left or what's happening on my right or in front of me or behind me. I am focused on what God has said. That's how you get God to lead you by doing the by doing the last thing he told you to do. That's so good. For those of you who are practicing obedience, I want you to just declare this. Confusion is coming to every bit of bondage in my life. Confusion is coming to every bit of bondage in my life. 
big bondage, small bondage, wherever I have been limited financially, wherever I have been limited in the job market, where I've been looking for a house, I couldn't find it, but I decree and declare because I am partnering with God, confusion is coming to every bit of bondage in my life. It cannot hold me. And people say, well, well where is that scripturally? Well, it's in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Yes. It says, trust in the Lord completely. That means with everything you got, right? It says, and do not rely on your own opinions. And Lord knows we got our own opinions, all our education and what we've seen and heard. He says, with all of your what? Heart, rely on him to do what? To guide, to guide you. you. And if you rely on him to guide you, what will he do? Lead you where? In every decision that you make. In every decision that you make. It says become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. You know, I somebody put on my Facebook page the other day. They said, I cannot believe I ever had the audacity to think I was smarter than God. Mm -hmm. I cannot believe that I ever thought I knew which way to go when I don't even know everything that I know and don't know, right? It's the confusion that the enemy wants you to have because if he can cause confusion in your thought process, he can get you off of that singular focus. If he can get you off of that singular focus, he can cause you to perish. Listen, he understands the word. The, the enemy is not, the enemy's not stupid. In the sense that he doesn't know what he's doing. The Bible says that we have an adversary and that we should not be ignorant of his, of his devices. devices, his tricks and his schemes is what one translation says. And so we have to understand that if we don't want to do that, we can't trust on our own understanding. We have to rely completely on him. Well, and it's not that we don't get this because when we trust somebody and we have relationships with them, we ask them all kind of things. We'll ask each other which shirt looks better, mm. this one or this one. You know what I'm saying? Which shoe looks better, this one and this one, right? Now, why? That's because we trust each other's opinion about things. But there is no one that we should trust more than we trust God. Absolutely. And he wants to lead us in every decision, Absolutely. right? Why? Because scripture establishes the Lord's commitment to guide us. It does. He is willing to guide us. It is established in scripture. It is established <laughs> in scripture that God is willing to guide. What we have to do is be willing to follow. I love it. He's going to do his part. He's going to do the his part. The question is, will we do ours? I, you know, I gave this illustration because I'm telling you, I've just been soaking in this guiding word. I get up in the morning. I pick, I pulled it up on my phone so I can just read it. And if you haven't gone to the website, you can download the PDF so you can eat, you can access it easily. And, and if you're not reading it, let me just say it like this. You're cheating yourself. You are cheating yourself. You're cheating yourself. yourself every day that you're not spending time putting that word in your eye gate and in your ear gate because you're going to need this word. And it's not going to be enough in four or five months from now when 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 everything that's being prophesied begins to show up. And now you're running talking about pastor. I don't know what to do. We're telling you what to do before it comes. And I'm and, and I love you, but I'm telling you, you need to Put forth the time and effort on your own and get this word on, on the inside of you. I love what Etoy says. She printed it and framed it on her desk. There I'm going to do that too. I'm going to get me there a nice go. copy of it. And I'm going to put it on my desk so I can see it. But so I asked the Lord, I said, God, give me a very clear example that I could show to people. 
And I talked, and many of you may have seen it. And I talked about how if God gives us instructions and imagine we're on a scavenger hunt, he sends one person to Target. He sends the other person mm -hmm. to Starbucks to get their ne next instruction. Right. And um, but I don't but you go to Target and I want to go to Target. So I go to Target with you. But I'm in the store throwing a temper tantrum because there are no instructions for me in Target. And so so many people got it. But this one young lady got on it and she said, but what about when your Starbucks is in Target? And I was saying, that is the way that we try to wiggle around obedience. We actually try to be uh, deep and yeah. we end up just missing it because I thought it you doesn't say something else, but you did. No, no, no. It doesn't matter that a Target, I mean, that a Starbucks is in a Target. If it ain't the Starbucks, <laughs> then you miss the instruction. No, that's good. It, it doesn't matter if A is there. It doesn't there, matter if A. If it's not B. Right. So it don't matter that you serve a God. Do you serve the God? The God. <laughs> and it doesn't matter if you go to a Starbucks, if he told you to go to the, the Starbucks. Star yeah, right. And it reminded me of during the pandemic when you were looking for toilet yeah. tissue that time, yeah. right? All and over the place. All over the place. And you kept going to A when the Lord had given you well, a V. I, I kept going to a bunch of A's and didn't ask the Lord the V. But when I asked for V, he told me V, and I went there and the toilet paper was there. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, don't make this hard. Yeah. He already, whatever you need, your next job, your next bit of favor, whatever you need, the next book you need to read, yep. he already knows what it is. I love what BJ said. She <laughs> said, you trying to be woke, yep. but you sleep. sleep. You do almost in a coma because you're trying to be profound when all you got to do is do what he's telling you to do. And we know he'll do it because what we said last week is what? That when God guides us, what does he do? He guides us through uh, scripture, which we've established. He, he, he guides us through his spirit, which means you need to be born again. Otherwise, you don't connect with his spirit because you got the spirit of your other father and you haven't gotten rid of that one yet. And then he guides us through signs and through situations that we already know how to respond to. Right. And we gave you like seven different scriptures last week where we walk people through all of the different scriptures that establishes that God indeed wants to guide us. But then one we didn't go through is one we, we, we talked about study, last, yes. last week, and we're going to look at in a couple of translations, uh, is, is Psalms, uh, what is it, 25, 12 through uh, 13. And we're looking at it in the King James first. And look at what it says. It says, what man is he that feareth the Lord? Him, that man who reverences the Lord, shall he teach in the way that he shall choose? It says, his soul, his mind, his real emotions, imagination, and his intellect shall dwell at what? Ease. There's that word again. Ease. It shall dwell at what? Ease. Ease. And God says, I've already opened up these gates for supernatural power to come so that ease can be upon you. He says, but you got to partner with me. And then here the scripture is literally telling us, look, the man who reverences God enough to partner with him and do those things we talked about, he, God's going to teach you the way to choose, way to choose so, your soul can be at so ease. that your soul could be at ease. And his seed, watch this, it's not just for you, but he says, and his seed shall what? Inherit, inherit the, the earth. earth. His seed shall inherit the you earth. You know, I was so excited when I found that yep. scripture because I have noticed 
since we, I've been reading the, the guiding word every day, how many times Eve shows up in the Bible. Mm -hmm. He wants our soul to dwell at ease. But again, there's a condition for it. Ease does not belong to the man who goes his own way. Yeah. Ease does not belong to the man who does not fear the Lord. And are y'all seeing as we walk through this series that over and over again, God is saying, if you do this, this is how you get this mm -hmm. from me. If you do this, this is how you do this for me. Partner with me and do this. Do, reverence me and get ease. Man, if you want ease, you've got to walk with God. Yeah, yeah. You've got to do what God is saying. Now, in the Amplified, it says, who is the man that fears the Lord with all inspired reverence and worships him with submissive wonder? Submissive. I love the Amplified because it really expands on the mm -hmm. King James. It expands on what fear says. It says, fear is all inspired reverence and worship with submissive wonder. Mm -hmm. It says, he will teach him through his word the way he should choose. So it's establishing again that he wants to guide us through scripture, through his word. He will teach us his way and his soul, mind, will, emotion, mm -hmm. intellect, and imagination shall dwell in prosperity and, and goodness. goodness. Now I've been telling y'all it's going to get gooder and gooder. Mm -hmm. Who is it going to get gooder and gooder for? This person right God. here. Yes. It says, and his descendants will inherit the land. Mm -hmm. You can read out the message if you like. The message says, who are they that live in holy fear of Yahweh? Mm -hmm. He will show them the right way to take, the right path to take. Then prosperity and favor will be their portion and their descendants will inherit the earth. Somebody ought to type in the comment section, prosperity and favor will be my portion. Prosperity and favor. Is my portion. Is my portion. Is it is my portion. That will be is because and this is why it's so important to let the Holy Spirit judge mm -hmm. us, right? Because you don't want to think you're this and you're not. Right. You don't want to think that you're a person who reverences the Lord, that you're a person who's obeying the Lord. And the Holy Spirit is like, no, that's actually that you got the potential to do that, but that's not what yeah. you're doing. Yeah. And so then you're like, why am I not seeing prosperity? Why am I not seeing favor? And he's like, because you call me Lord, but mm. you do not do the things I tell you to do. So if you're typing prosperity and favor is my portion, you are making the declaration that you are a person who's partnering with God. Yes. And if you're not partnering with God, you need to change that today. You need to make the decision that, that from this moment on, you are going to partner with God. You are going to let God lead you through his word, and you're going to let God lead you through his spirit. You're going to let God lead you uh, through situations that you already know how to Come handle. On, you're going to do all of those things that God says, here is how I lead my people. You know, and I want to say this. Somebody just put it in the comments. They said, and if you're not feeling the Holy Spirit check, you need to check your relationship. Mm. You need Because at the end of the day, it, if you get to the point that you do not feel, the Bible tells us in Romans that right and wrong is in the heart of a child. Mm -hmm. It's the reason that a little kid can do something wrong and know to hide it from you, right? So if you have gotten to the point that you have practiced disobedience so much that there is no conviction, 
You need to ask God to restore you and to give you conviction. I was talking to a young lady last night and she was like, it's so hard to feel connect conviction. I said, it's worse not to. Mm. I said, if you feel conviction, conviction is the indication that the Holy, you can still hear the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit telling you that you're mm -hmm. going the wrong way. Mm -hmm. But if you are practicing sin and nothing in you is being stared anymore that it's wrong. Then your you, conscious has been severed. Your conscious has been severed and you need to fall on your face before the Lord and say, don't leave me out here. You need to be like the prodigal son and come to yourself and come back home. Amen. Amen. So lastly, we talked about what are the requirements, what are our requirements then to allow God's commitment to guide us to be true in our life. And we went over these seven things. We're just going to repeat them to you. You can go back and listen to them in the message last week. We must have a repentant and humble heart. Mm -hmm. We must have a revelation of God's willingness to guide us. Yep. We must be sure that our response as he guides us does not negate our mm -hmm. faith. Our reputation must be secondary to pleasing God. We must have a resting resolve void of anxiety. Mm -hmm. We must have a readiness to obey divine, divine instruction. And we must learn to rely on inspired, responsive thoughts in the moment. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. So this morning, we want to really get into, mm -hmm. we really want to get into two points that we want to make today. The first point is that God's guidance is universally offered through scripture. And the second one is that his guidance is uniquely offered through the spirit. Now, this reminds me of something you used to say a lot, I think, in 2021 of the pandemic, where you would say um, that God has um, universal instructions mm -hmm. and God has individual instructions. Mm -hmm. Right. So when God says, do not lie, do not fornicate, do not steal, do not do not be envious, do tithe. That is universal instruction that belongs to everybody. Right. But there are some unique things that the Holy Spirit wants to say to us about how to get to this place of prosperity and favor. Mm -hmm. So we must value the word and we must value being hearing the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to the, the Pharisees like this. He says the purpose of scripture is to point to me. Mm -hmm. The purpose of scripture is to point us to this place that we can hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us on a day to day basis. Absolutely. And so when you begin to evaluate how does God lead us, it goes back to what we say. God will lead us through his word or he'll lead us through his spirit. So the first thing, let's look at what he says about his word, because yes. we believe the word is important so much. So it's a part of our guiding, our, 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 our guiding commitments. Right. We said that we want to make sure in the guiding commitments, we want to read our word we want, daily. We want to make sure that we don't miss a service. We want to make sure we're praying in spirit. We want to make sure that we are taking communion. So we don't forget those things that we've talked about in the past. That's what the, that's what the guiding word says, right? Don't forget those things. So when you look at the first one about God's, God has this universal um, desire to guide us through scriptures. And one of them uh, is Psalms 119. And I love Psalms 119, 119, 105. It's so clear. It says, your word is what? A lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So if I'm, if he's going to guide me and I know where I'm going to go, what is he going to use to guide me? His word. His word. That's, that's the, when you evaluate scripture, you have to evaluate scripture in the context of what's been said multiple times. That's what the Bible says, let everything be established among what? Two or three witnesses. So he says, look, my word acts as a light 
an illumination or a revelation <laughs> to your feet so that you know where you're stepping. I've already walked, and if you think about it as, as, a, as a story, it's literally Jesus has already walked out our path for us. He says, now I'm going to give you my word so you can see where I step. And as long as you step where I step, nothing's going to come against you because I, because I'm, you're stepping where I have stepped. He says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And then the next one is in Psalms 119. You move over and you go to verse uh, one. I think it's verse, I think it's maybe actually verse 130, maybe 30. I'm not sure. The interest, it says, the interest of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. So not only does his word illuminate where I should go, but it also gives me instruction about how I'm supposed to behave on the way there. That's really, really good. And so you got if you don't, if you're not a lover of God's word, you will never be able to fully partner with him. And if you're not, a, until you love God's word, there will be instruction that the Holy Spirit is giving you that you won't even recognize as the Holy Spirit. You'll think it's something that told mm. me. You won't know it's the, and I, this was the example that came to me as you were saying that. Scripture is very clear that you should never co-sign for someone unless you have the money to pay the mm -hmm. debt. You should never co-sign for anyone unless you have the money to, to, sign, to cover the debt. So when you are, when you know that in the word, and then when God offers his guidance through the spirit and somebody that you love, your mama, your daddy, your child comes to you and says, cosign, then your emotions go, that's my so-and-so. They got to have a car. They got to have a so-and-so, right? But when you know, well, the scripture has already told me I should not co-sign for this unless I have the money to pay for it. I do not have the money to pay for it. So when the Holy Spirit is telling me no, I then start to ask, well, how could I help them as opposed to co-sign? Mm -hmm. These are the simple ways that God wants us to be able to live this life out. It is not always something deep. Like I want you to take a voyage to Jerusalem, right? And I want you to walk where Jesus walked. It is literally, I'm going to teach you how to do life. So then in Second Corinthians, in First Corinthians, because it says God's guidance is offered through the spirit, through Holy Spirit. First Corinthians 2, 9 through 12, it says, but on the contrary, as the scripture says, what eye has not seen and ear has not heard and, ha and has not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared and made and keeps ready for those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him promptly. and gratefully recognizing the benefits. I don't know if y'all know this, but this scripture right here is just a confirmation of Psalms 25 that mm -hmm. we just read. Mm -hmm. It's just a confirmation. So it's Old Testament and New Testament. It says, yet to us, God has unveiled mm -hmm. and revealed them by and through his spirit. There you go. For the Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining everything, even sounding the profound and bottomless things of God, the divine counsels and the things hidden and beyond man's scrutiny. For what man perceives and knows and understands what passes through a man's thoughts, except, except the man's own spirit within him. So just as no one discerns, comes to know and comprehends the thoughts of God, except the spirit of God. Now we have not received the spirit that belongs to the world, but the Holy Spirit who is from God given to us that we might realize and comprehend 
and appreciate the gifts of divine favor and blessing so freely and lavishly bestowed upon us. Mm -hmm. Man, guys, y'all ought to get 1 Corinthians out. You ought to highlight this scripture right here because what this scripture literally says is this. It says, in our humanity, we cannot see everything. Mm. So when we are presented with an opportunity, you're presented with an opportunity um, for a good job, a seemingly good job. The Holy Spirit will search the intents of God, the intents of everybody involved and come back to you and say, I know you really want that job, but don't take that job. He says, you got to get to a point that you realize, comprehend and appreciate that. You appreciate this divine gift that the Holy, that you would say to the Holy Spirit, man, I really want this house. And the Holy Spirit would walk that house and find things that even the inspector hasn't found to tell you, mm. do not buy that house unless they agree to do a, a, a certain kind of contract on it that they will cover any repairs, right? You have to know there is no area of your life that the Holy Spirit is leaving to chance. So if he's not leaving it to chance, why would you leave it to chance? Why would you want to be reliant on someone who is just as human as you to determine the best outcome? Man, the Holy Spirit wants to help you win this year. That's the reason when you look at that scripture and it says, yet to us, God has unveiled and revealed them by and through his spirit for the Holy Spirit searches diligently exploring and examining everything. everything. So for me, when I think about that, to me, that says it gives me confidence in my decision making. Because when I am when I'm a born again believer filled with the spirit of God, spending time in my word so that I can be led Did y'all miss us? There we, we go. We think we back. <laughs> we, we think we back. <laughs> oh, the devil didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't even know if we back yet. Oh. Are we back? Can y'all hear us? They can hear us. 
Can y'all no, hear us? No, they said we still here. They said Siobhan said they still here. Okay. Hey, if you're in the studio, give us a thumbs up if you can hear us. All right, she gave us a thumb up, thumbs down. We can't hear you. Go back to the. Comments. It's the it's, it's the the what you call it? Plugged in. We can hear you and see. We know it's a delay, so can you still hear us? Okay, they say they can hear us. All right. All right. So, <laughs> hey, guys, but here's the thing. You got to not be moved by stuff like that. Really, you just, you, you have to not, not be moved. Like, there are things that happen. There are challenges that happen. You have to not be moved. Yeah, I don't think we're moved. I just want to know if because the internet signal says it's not no, babe. Out. I'm using that as an example oh. for when you get a bad report when something isn't going on that you have to say, uh, it looks like yours is the, the one, the only one with the ethernet is the one that's working. Well, I, this is the one. I don't know if it's working. It says it's not. Go back up to the thing right there. Where you see right there, it says. This connection is unstable. All right. It's clearing up now. You can tell that there's something wrong because like none of the things are populating. And they're frozen in the studio. No, but they, they say they're not frozen. But I love it. I love what people are. Um, no, they were frozen. They're not now. You can see them moving, but they were still for like over a minute. Yeah, you know everybody can hear us, right? I know. Okay. I mean, we're just talking about the, what happened. We're trying to Yeah, but um, <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that Shivani says, I think it was a demonstration to show us how we can be, we can stay connected and not be shaken by the things of life. Like everything, things don't have to be perfect to be amazing. There may be times that there is a bad report. There may be times where it looks like things aren't working out and you have to stay committed. We say, well, we get up and just go home. We, we just go go home because the internet connection went out. You keep trying, you keep adjusting because you believe in what the ultimate assignment is. And the ultimate assignment is to teach you how to be led by God. So let's continue. Uh, let's talk about the scriptural example of the Lord's commitment to God. We said that we have examples uh, that show us time after time how God wants to lead us. So let's look at Psalms 37, uh, 23 and 4. If they can put it on the screen, that's fine. If not, uh, I'll just read it. It says, the steps of a good man are directed and established by the Lord. When he delights in his way and he busies himself with his every step, it says, though he falls, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord grasps his hand in support and upholds him. And I think that's that's actually really, really good, especially considering uh, what we were just talking about, that there are times that even though you are following God, there are things that happen because being born again does not exempt you from life's challenges. 
being a born again believer doesn't mean that you won't have missteps. It doesn't mean that you won't have things that happen that knock you off your path. What it means is, is that when you are being, when you are partnering with God, that those steps are being directed and established by the Lord and that God himself, I love this. It says he busies himself. He busies himself with every step that I take. In other words, God is concerned, more concerned about the steps I take actually than I am. He's already pre-planned and pre-walked those out. It says, though he fails, though he falls, he shall not be utterly cast down. That lets me know that I may make some mistakes. I may miss it. I may do exactly what God said do and still have some hardships come my way. It says, but I won't be cast down because the Lord himself grasps and holds and supports me in those times. You know, when you were saying that, I was thinking that like in the world, mental toughness is about how strong you can be. Mm. But in the kingdom, mental toughness is about how dependent you can be on the source. Mm. That when I make my dependence on the source and I know that God will grab my hand, even if I fall, then it keeps me from being shaken by everything that happens. I understand that the God who is my father, because even in this scripture right here, it sounds like parenting. It sounds like he busies himself with every step. You know, when you have kids, especially when they're small, you're busying yourself to make sure they're in a safe environment. The baby's trying to learn how to walk or they're trying to learn how to run or they're exploring in the house. And what you're doing is making sure that the place stays safe for them, mm -hmm. right? And many times, if you've ever been with a little kid, you're clearing the path and making a path straight that they didn't even know was crooked to begin with, right? We need to surrender to God and to follow him because he has busied himself mm -hmm. clearing the path. He has busied himself protecting us from the snares of the enemy, right? And even when we misstep, he has a way of restoration. He has a way of redemption. He has a way to get us back. Mm -hmm. And he, think about this, he literally grasps our hand and he supports us. And it reminds me um, that when um, Peter walked on water, right? When Peter says, God, if it's me, if Jesus, if it's you, bid me to come. And Jesus says, come on out here, right? Mm -hmm. So Peter gets out there and he is literally living a supernatural life. And Peter starts to just get distracted by what is happening, the wind. And Peter begins to sink. When Peter begins to sink, the Lord didn't say, you shouldn't have took your eyes off right. me. He grabs his hand, but look at what he does. He grabs his hand and he corrects it. Mm -hmm. He said, he's basically saying to Peter, listen, you begin to sink because you looked at something besides me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to grab your hand, but I'm also going to instruct you that the next time you see the wind, don't be moved by, by the wind. See. Yep. Does that make sense, guys? Mm -hmm. So he's saying to us. He doesn't throw us away because we fail. He doesn't throw us away because we miss it. But part of his help is correction mm -hmm. so that we can be mentally prepared and mentally equipped for the next step in mm -hmm. our lives. Right. You know, one of the things we talked about last week is we said that when God guides us and he has made a scriptural commitment to guide us. Yes. And we talked about the fact that the way he does that is through his word and through his spirit. One of the things that we said is that as 
we grow and become, I think is the way we always say it. We're growing and becoming. As you're growing and becoming in your walk with God, the thing that you have to understand is that God is going to always teach us and guide us and lead us. And we're going to learn more and more as we go. So it's a learning as you go process. And um, this is backed up in scripture. This learning as you go process is backed up in scripture because we can see examples of this. And one example of it is, 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 is David, right? When David is at Ziglag and you guys know the story, uh, David and his men are off uh, fighting uh, and they come back and they find out that their entire um, village, if you want to call it that, had been plundered, right? That their, the women and children had been taken uh, and everything had been set on fire. David's men who had been with him through all the battles uh, were so distraught. They even got together and talked about killing David, right? Because they were just so angry and frustrated. And the Bible says that, that David immediately went to God, right? He, he took off his warrior um, stance. The Bible says he put on his ephod and that he went and he, he got before God and he asked God the question. He said, as much as I want to go get them back, I need to ask, shall I do this? And I think sometimes what happens is we get in situations and because we think we should do it, we just do it. But David said, Lord, shall I pursue? And in doing so, the Lord says, yes, you shall pursue and you shall greatly overtake them all. And so David went with those men and they're on their way to, to get them. You know the story. God's guiding him on, 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 as they go, right? He doesn't, he doesn't exactly know where they are, but, but God says, go this direction. So that's the direction they start going. And as they're going, they end up meeting this guy who's been left for dead, right? David doesn't know who he is, but David takes the time to show compassion to somebody. So this is going to preach to somebody. He took the time to show compassion for somebody, even though he was in a hurry himself. And he took the time and everybody said he they said he they fed him and they gave him water. And he said, listen, man, if you don't kill me, you know, I, I, I'll be with you guys. And they said, we ain't going to kill you. But where are you coming from? He said, well, we just came from this city called Ziglag. And, and, and my master, who I was serving, we burned everything down and, and, and we took the women and children. He said, and, and, and if you let me roll with you, I'll tell you where they are. God's guiding him on his way. You know the story. They go, they get them, they get the wives, the kids, they get everything back. But that happens because David was living out this principle of God guides me as we go. This this is, man, I love Ziglag. Man, I, I, it's one of the, the best stories to me in the Bible because it's something that David really wants. Mm -hmm. But David refuses to touch it until the Lord approves. Yep. Baby, somebody need to put in the comment. I won't touch it unless God approves. He went to God and said, shall I, shall pursue? I pursue? He's asking, can I go get my wife and my children and all these? other? Because if you tell me I can pursue, I know I can win. I know I can win. But if I just go do this on my own, I can only produce what I can produce in my human effort. And how many of us have ended up in bad situations because we're like, Oh, no, I'm going to pursue. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get this job. Yep. I'm going to do this thing. And then you end up in a situation where you're getting your tail toe out the scene. When even if you had asked God, because God, when when God told David, shall he pursue, could that he could pursue. Now God is invested in the right path mm -hmm. for David to recover. Mm -hmm. Sometimes our refusal to ask keeps us from knowing the strategy that would cause us to get the thing. And he didn't know everything when he started, but he knew, he knew, he, the only thing he knew was the direction God told him to go in. 
But that's good enough to get you where you need that's to be. Good enough because to God is going to lead you and guide you as you go. And if you're one of those people that you got to know all the answers before you start, you'll always stand at the starting line. Because God's only giving you one instruction typically at a time. Or what are you going to do with the instruction he's giving you today? We don't need to talk about next week. Can you get through today obeying God? Because when you do so that, good. then it gives you the next step. So you just learning as you go. So you just see this pattern with God, yes. right? Yeah. Even the children of Israel, mm -hmm. how he brings them out is very specific. Yep. The way God, tell your neighbor, God is a specific God. Mm. Now, this is so important. What I think people do sometimes is they look at David and say, God let David pursue. And because God let David pursue, God got to let me pursue. David asked. But David asked. And God is not obligated to get me restoration the way he gets Trinika restoration. That's right. He is committed to my restoration, but he is not obligated to do it for me the way that he did it for somebody mm -hmm. else. And if we're not, if we don't get some maturity, we will think that we have the right to demand that God does something for us the same way he does it for somebody else. And then it's victory for you, but it's failure for mm -hmm. me. And we want to avoid that because even when the children of Israel are being brought out of e Egypt, he leads them in a way that seems to be failure. Mm. He leads them to a place yes. where there are mountains surrounded on every side. I was reading a commentary one day and it was saying that nobody who was a strategist in war would have ever led the children of Israel to the Red Sea. Right, right. But God already knew what he was going to do. Mm -hmm. And even when Moses was crying, Lord, what are we going to do? God was like, Moses, I already gave what you need. St stretch out your yeah, staff. Yeah, yeah. Stretch out that rod yeah. and see what that rod is going to yeah. do. And the rod led them over and what he did. And you know Pharaoh had to be laughing when he saw them headed down to the Red Sea with mountains on both sides and water all around. He was like, I'm going to totally wipe them out. I'm finna, I'm a, the ones I don't kill, I'm gonna put them back in bondage. What he didn't know is that God already had a plan to, to not only deliver the children of Israel, but to wipe him out. Because God always keeps his word. Mm. The word, when, when Pharaoh wouldn't change his heart, mm -hmm. the word for Pharaoh wasn't just that the children of Israel was gonna be free. Right. It was gonna be that that enemy was gonna be destroyed. Mm -hmm. Now, if you pay attention in the beginning, if Pharaoh had just let them go, yeah. he never would have got that second part of the judgment. Yeah. The first part of the, the instruction is just let my people go, right? But when Pharaoh refuses to let the people go and he keeps getting harder and harder and harder on them, then God says, not only are you going to let them go, but I'm going to destroy you so that you ain't going to never come behind, before mm -hmm. them. And see, Moses forgot that and Pharaoh forgot that. He asked him to reform when he, did, when he didn't. He got a reckoning. Reckoning showed up. He got a reckoning. He got a reckoning. And, and so he leads them to this place that it seems that there is no way out. Tells Moses yeah. to stretch out his rod. They walk over on dry land. I have always, even as a kid, I don't know if you watched this, but as a little kid, we watched the Ten Commandments and Moses then went over that water. And I just never understood why Pharaoh then went over that too. I know now it was pride and arrogance. It was pride and arrogance. It was pride and arrogance. Yeah. Because it's like, you've already seen everything that God has done. And it was dry for them too. Until that last uh, uh, child of God 
stepped out of that dry land in that water, rushed back and killed them all. <laughs> so, so, so some, if, if, if you will follow God, now he, that, I, this ain't even the word word, but, but this is how I see it in my sanctified imagination. If you will follow God, he will lead your enemies into their own destruction. He will, he, he will let his, let the enemies follow you and then he'll use the very thing that delivered you to destroy your enemies. Second, um, second Thessalonians, I just read it this morning. Mm. He says, it's a righteous, righteous thing, thing to trouble, to your, trouble trouble. your trouble. Listen, let me tell you something. God, and, and I didn't even know that this was going to be one of the examples that you were going to use, but this was something that the Lord had said to me earlier last week. He said to me, he said, one of the reasons that I ask my children to pray for those that spitefully misuse them is because I made Abraham a promise that I curse those that curse you. Mm -hmm. So I ask you to pray for them, to give them an opportunity to turn around. Mm -hmm. But if they don't turn, they get what I said they're mm -hmm. going to get. Mm -hmm. And we were laughing a couple of weeks ago where we were saying, anytime God ever says somebody's going to get something in scripture, if they don't repent, they get it. They get it. It may be 300 years. It may be 400 years. It may be two months. But if God says there is a consequence for this, then there is a consequence for it. So when you say there are some enemies, some of you are about to see your enemies. You're about to see the plots and the plans of the enemy. They're going to be consumed in the plot that they they tried to set for you. Mm -hmm. Baby, they're going to be overtaken mm -hmm. by the water of the Lord, by mm -hmm. fire, by flood, and you're going to see them no more. Amen. And you're going to see them no more, Amen. right? Same thing when Nehemiah rebuilds the wall. Mm -hmm. He's giving God. Can y'all see that God consistently is going through the word? You could go to the New Testament where Paul wants to go into a particular place mm -hmm. to preach. And God says, no, don't go there. And Paul gets in trouble when he goes there mm -hmm. anyway, right? It is so important that we do it God's way. And not just that we're doing it God's way. You got to know God is going to lead you as you go. That's the whole point here. Some of you are, yes, you, yes, you have to obey God, but you need to settle that it is okay for God to lead you as you go. If you don't understand that, then you get stagnated and you start thinking that somehow God has abandoned you or left you. No, God is going to lead you as you go, which is why you must trust and rely on him so deeply because you're not going to know it all when you start the journey. If God had told me 20 years ago, this is where we would be, sure, I'd have been happy to do it. But when we had all those years where, we, where it didn't look like what God was saying, if, if, if I wasn't trusting God as I went, I'd have just gave up. I'd have just gave up. You have to trust God as you go and so it's just it's just it's we just gotta something you gotta do i was thinking about this because i was thinking about when we drove to, we used, we drove to conway for years mm -hmm. we had this one particular sunday morning where we both felt very strong we all the kids was already in the car we was already yep. on the road and we both had this unction do not get on this road and go to conway today yep. And we got about. And it wasn't that we were tired. It was we just weren't tired. It wasn't raining. As the Holy Spirit saying, "This is don't drive this." But week. the the more we went down forty nine, the stronger it the got. The stronger it got yeah. that we were not supposed to go to Conway that day. So what we did is we called the Marlowe's. We said, "Listen, Ralph, you got to preach. We're not coming down there today." Now. And we, we don't have a reason, except we, that the Lord said. Except the Lord to. said to both of us, yeah. do not come down today. 
Now we can't tell y'all that there was some big accident. Yeah, we can't report. We can't, we can't report. That. We cannot tell you. We can tell you that whatever it was, we wasn't no part of it because we, we went we, back to the we house. We evaded it that day. We evaded it. That's what we can tell you. And you can't be so committed to the outcome that you're not flexible so God can lead you. You may want something and the Lord is like, pause. The Lord is like, I've watched you do this, you know, before you was retired. I would watch you. You would have all these meetings you needed to have with people. And because you are the type of person you are, you mm -hmm. would lay them out in the way that made most sense to you. Yep. And I would watch you do that before you went to bed. And when you would get up in the morning, I'd watch you move that list around because the Holy Spirit was saying to you, don't talk to so-and-so until you talk to so-and-so because I've already put this thing in place. And I think we have to be careful that we are not so... Um, for lack of a better word, hell-bent in how we think it needs to play out that we miss the instructions that God gives us that's going to let us go and eat. You know, I say it like this. I live my life with the plan, but the only plan that supersedes my plan is the plan of the Holy Spirit. So I don't just, I, every, every day. Every day, baby. I have a plan baby, for, every day for, for, for what I'm going to get accomplished. For what I need to get done, whether it's work related, whether it's home related, whether it's church related, I lay it out, everything I need to get done, and I put it in the order I think it needs to be done. And before I go to bed, I say, Lord, if there's anything on this page that needs to change for tomorrow, I give you free reign to change it. And if he tells me to do something different, I'll do it. If he doesn't, then I stick to my plan. I live my life with a plan, but God always has permission to interrupt my plan because his plan is always going to be better than mine. And I can only I, I can live my best life when I'm when I when I'm preparing, but then I give Holy Spirit the ability and the permission to tell me how to live it better. And I think that just to me that it's just that simple. How committed are you to being committed, but then being committed enough to let the Lord change your commitment? You know what I think though the secret is is you even though which I think is so cool because you really are a planner. Mm -hmm. But you really care more about pleasing God than even your plan. And I care, I do. And I care more. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a competitor by nature. So I want to win. So if I got a plan to win, but God has a better plan, I'm going with the better plan. So you just talking about just being smart, just being a good strategist here. I, that's what you, <laughs> you, you I mean. If, if, if I got a game plan and I got a 95% chance of winning with my game plan, but I got a hundred percent chance of winning with God's. Why would I not go with God's plan? Why would I put that? Why would I not go with God's plan? And I say that because I think sometimes people show up with no plan, and I don't think that it's I don't think that it is um, prudent to show up without a plan in life. <laughs> you ought to have a plan. You because the same guy who can change your plan is the same guy who can give you the plan. And so I, people say, well, if God gave it to you, why do you have to change it? Because I hear what God said and I hear what God is saying. So if God his hearts or minds or whatever, speak to me before, when I get up in the morning and tell me what I should do, which is why you ought to practice communion with God in the morning. Well, okay. So if you want to rededicate your life, if you want to level <laughs> up your thing, but I want to tell you something. And this is, um, I, I was thinking, because, you know, I want y'all to just think about this. Why there are times that God modifies the plan. The Bible says his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways, right? We're growing and becoming, right? 
One of the things I think is really important to understand is that God doesn't actually speak English. We hear English. Right. God speaks spirit. Mm -hmm. Okay. God speaks spirit. That's why every person on every planet can, from every nationality in every culture, can hear God in their own language. Because what we say is that God leads us through his word and through his spirit. We didn't say a particular language. So God doesn't actually speak English. So many times what happens for us is that when we're hearing God, we are hearing a translation Relation. and then God is having to correct and clean up that translation. Mm -hmm. Man, that was so good to me to recognize. God doesn't speak English. Right. God speaks spirit. His spirit speaks to our spirit. That's we then interpret that in the language that we speak, which is why sometimes it seems like, well, I thought God said this, but he really said this. It's the interpretation because it, and we know this from the various Bibles. If you look at the various people who have interpret, interpreted the Bible, they interpret that English in different ways, right? What matters is the spirit of that thing. So then Holy Spirit modifies and says, no, your number one should be no, your number three. No, you should do number seven before you do number four. And if you aren't tied to your agenda, you can see God do some amazing things in your life. Well, and we know that God, we, we know that, that that is true. And we know that God does change his mind. We know that scripture shows us that God changes his mind. He told Abraham to take his son up there and sacrifice him. But then he told him to, to, to hold his hand. He said, no, I got something else for you. It's a ram in the bush. Right. We understand that 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 we also hear in part We're, we are human beings and as human beings, we are not perfect in our soul realm. And so as much as we love God, as perfect as our spirit is, sometimes that soul is interfering. And what happens is when you keep partnering with God and that soul interferes, the spirit keeps speaking. So as you keep listening and it keeps speaking, clarification comes. So sometimes what we call modification, not even really modification, as much as it is clarification. Everybody just shout, clarify for me. Clarify for me. Now, listen, if you want to give your life to Jesus today, you should do that. If you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, you should do that. And if you want to be a partner of this amazing church with amazing partners from all over the world, they're going to put the link up so you can go to the website and you can do that. Let me tell you something. It does matter where you go to church. It does matter who you partner with. It does matter what you're hearing every Sunday. It determines whether you are going to win in life. Now, we want to share some announcements with you just before we do our giving. Now, actually, I want to do our giving first. How many of you know something supernatural happens when you give? How many of you know that just when we talked about God's guidance, here's a great opportunity for you to practice. What does God want you to give today? Now, we know that God wants every believer to be a tither. The Bible tells us that when we tithe, he rebukes the devourer for our sake. Mm -hmm. He opens up the window of heaven for our sake. I believe that one of the number one reasons that the enemy fights believers on the devourer for mm -hmm. you, right? And now, but where can you practice in your offering? Mm -hmm. God, what would you like me to sow today? Is today a day I give to the scholarship fund? Is today a day that I give um, to um, benevolence? Is today a day I donate to Victory Zone? I want to be a giver and I want to do it the way that you said to do it. So the way that you give is that you go to Tithling, you go to PayPal, you go PayPal for our international partners, you go to PushPay and you go to Giveify. I got them all, right? Or you can text to give there you go, on the screen right yeah, there. There you go. 
So you can do it right there. So I got them. You give a five, push pay, totally, text to give, or for our international partners, you can go to PayPal at FOC Church NWA. We are so thankful for the amazing, faithful partners that we have. Man, I don't know if y'all heard this, but Pastor Edwin told you that our benevolence was 200. What year was, was last? 2021. 2021. 2021. 2021, our benevolence was $200,000. Man, this is a giving church. So I want to tell you as a partner, you have a right to receive a harvest, right? Now we want to tell you about our announcements. Our announcements are we have strategies for success on Monday at noon. I'll be there with bells on teaching about what God has put in my heart to teach. And as you know, we've cleared up Tuesday because on Tuesdays, once a month, we use relationships one-on-one. -on -one. Man, if you haven't gone to Edwin and Sean Strickland to our page and like the page and, and follow, set up the notifications for the page and said that you were coming to the next one-on-one, -on -one, you are missing out because on February 7th at 7 p.m., we're going to be there doing our part to help you have better relationships. And we hope you'll be doing your part by being there committed to taking what you learn and implementing it in your life. And remember, everybody who said they came last time, who's coming this time, said you were inviting somebody. So right now, I think there's around 200 and something people who said they are coming, another 200 that said they're interested. And so we're just expecting people to show up so they can get some tools because we still believe in love. We, we still, still believe, believe in relationships love. and marriage and all the good things that come with that. And so uh, we, we want to make sure that we're giving people tools to be able to do that. We believe in good friendships too. Yeah. We believe in good family relationships. Yep. I just, I was talking the other day and somebody was talking about all their issues with their mother-in-law. And I said, man, let me tell you something. I got the absolute best mother-in-law in the world. And that is because my mother-in-law is committed to having healthy relationships. She is just a joy to be around. So don't just fix your marriage and stay mad at your mother-in-law. You need fix to work every with, relationship. fix all right. of the relationships, build healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. Because the healthier our relationships are, the healthier our families are, the healthier our communities are, Amen. and the healthier our world is, mm -hmm. right? And then on Wednesday, we have prayer at 7 p.m. Mm -hmm. And then we have Ignite at 7.15. And then we have Refresh, refresh at 8 p.m. So listen, if you think about it, um, it's really not a busy day. What you're doing is you're getting on prayer for 15 to 20 minutes. You're not going to ignite. Right, right. And then you're coming on <laughs> right, over right. to refresh Bible right. study. So it's really. And three and three of your Tuesday nights are now free. So we actually gave you more time. Rather, gave you know, you it's, not, it's not that it's jam packed. We actually gave you more time and, 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 and streamlined your so that you can ha have time to do other things. Yes. And then on Friday morning, what happens? All the champions gather at mm -hmm. Champion Circle at 6.30 a.m. I am convinced that our two times to pray a week have a lot to do with the success of this ministry. I agree. Have a lot to do. And so we are, we hope, we thank you for all of the people who join. We want to encourage you to continue to join. And then on Sunday morning, we'll be right back here at 9.30 a.m. Um, I mean, at 9 a.m. with Pastor Chris and Elder Valley, and then at 9.30 with us. And then... We want you to come to the huddle. The next huddle is February 5th at 11 a.m. And I heard Ralph say this. And if y'all didn't watch Ralph preach on Friday, y'all need, I mean, on Wednesday, you need to go listen to that. And if you did, you need to listen again because that was a good, good teaching. Um, but he said on Friday, I mean, on Wednesday, he said, some of you need to make the commitment to get here. Some of you have never exercised your faith and made a decision that you are coming to the huddle. 
We want to see you. We want to hug your neck. We want to worship in, in, in person with you. And so we want to challenge you to get to the huddle. Mm -hmm. We meet once a month in person. We want you to purpose in your heart as an act of love, as an act of sacrifice, as an act of obedience to get to the huddles when you, as if at all possible. Mm -hmm. And so we love you. We hope you have an amazing week. We hope you'll go back and listen to this message right here. Listen, God is going to give you some specific instructions even on today. Mm -hmm. Practice listening and obeying. Your life will get better to the degree that you listen and mm -hmm. obey. Amen. 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 God bless you. See you next week.